Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number three of Genesis chapter 11. We're going to read beginning in verse 5. And Jehovah came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And Jehovah said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. Well, as uh, we were discussing in our last study, we see clearly from these verses that God intentionally, purposefully, confounded the language of mankind in order to restrain things from them or hold things back from them. He he says that in verse 6. This they begin to do, that is, they're one people speaking one language involved at that time in one building project, and, and now nothing will be restrained from them. And we saw how that word is also translated as fence and wall. Nothing will be held back from them insofar as advancements, uh, making progress in various pursuits um, is concerned. And, uh, you know, as, as people would read this, people of the world, they just wouldn't understand what's wrong with progress, what's wrong with improvement, with making advancement. After all, they would reason, with progress, people's lives get better. Just think, as mankind developed technology, uh, it enabled the invention of things like uh, dishwashers that saved people uh, great amount of time. Or, as mankind progressed, they invented washing machines and drying machines. And for thousands of years, people had to take their clothes to a running stream and and beat them upon the rocks and, and hang them out to dry. And now, none of that was necessary. It could all be done right in the home, saving great amounts of time just look at all of the improvements that technology has brought to the field of medicine and and to medical centers and hospitals. It saved people's lives. People that certainly would have died before are kept alive by and by the technology that's presently available. And you could go on and on with all of the wonderful things that advancements in the world have brought to 
mankind and to society. So they just shake their heads. It makes no sense to them. Why would God actively, intentionally seek to hold man back to hinder his progress? And that's exactly what God did so that they would part from one another, go off into different parts of the world, speak different languages, and just make everything many times more difficult than it would have been ordinarily if the people continue to have one language and reside in one landmass altogether. Certainly, progress would have been much more rapid, and maybe a couple thousand years ago we would have seen the explosion of technology and and the learning of the electronic medium, rather than just a couple hundred years ago. And yes, it's true. There are certain benefits, certain uh, blessings, earthly blessings, temporal blessings that have come along with the development of these things as mankind has discovered. And, and by the way, man's discovery is all a result of the will of God. God's the one who controls these things, even in the secular world. So he permitted, he allowed man to develop the secrets of the creation, but God permitted it to happen for man to increase knowledge of these things according to his timetable according to his program for times and seasons. Well, why, someone might ask again and wonder, what does it matter? Uh, God could still have his program of times and seasons. He could still have um, someone who is knowledgeable about the Lord's program for things. He could still have the the period for national Israel. He could have... Uh, Christ coming after 11,000 years and, and the end of Israel's era and the beginning of the church age in 33 AD with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and ending the church age in the time of the great tribulation. And then that little season of latter rain in which the Lord would save a great multitude and complete his salvation program. God could still do all those things, someone might argue. Well, yeah, but we have to keep in mind that along with man's advancements, along with progress in technology, in the electronic medium, along with these improvements that are aids and helps to everyday life in, in many cases— Yes, it's, it's a big help to have a car and to have to travel by car uh, 45 minutes to, to get to work. Otherwise, if we were still in horse and buggy stage, it might take someone four hours, five hours to get there, and they wouldn't be able to work there every day. And, and so it expands opportunity. Now someone can work at that kind of distance because of how quickly they can get there. And there, there's uh, admittedly many positive things that result from these kinds of improvements and, 
and inventions and advancements that that God held man back from. That's the only way we can read what's being said in Genesis 11. It was the Lord's purpose to delay and and to hold back, to restrain mankind from things that he would eventually come to learn and to know about. But, but again, God wanted it to happen according to his timing, not man's timing, not the world's timing. The world wants everything always instantaneously. They want everything now. And one big reason, one big reason for this is because the Bible speaks of an end of the world stage, beginning with the end of the church age and an apostate church. And God speaks of a world that will be given over to iniquity. Iniquity will abound. He speaks in Romans chapter 1 of giving man up to the sin of homosexuality. He speaks of perilous times coming in Second Timothy chapter 3, in which men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. And we, God's elect people, who are living at the time of the end of the world, when we see these scriptures, like Romans 1, 2 Timothy 3, Matthew 24, and, and that reference to the abounding nature of iniquity, and and we we see the apostasy of the church and so forth. We are able to know absolutely, without any question, with all certainty, that we are now living at the time of the end of the world. How are we able to know that? with such tremendous assurance and and such an amazing degree of certainty. The reason is we have a whole history of the world that we can look back to. We have the biblical history that brings us all the way to the first century A.D., and then we have the church age history and, and secular history, and we find as we survey all of the available uh, history to us, of course, the biblical history is perfect with, with no chance of error. Uh, and, and as we also can see, secular history that we can recognize and, and observe some things, but of course, we, we don't take everything said in secular history verbatim. We, we know that men tend to lie and deceive and exaggerate. Yet, when we look at all available history, we can come to the conclusion that there has never been, never in the whole history of the world, as the Bible gives us the history from creation to the first century, 
and secular history fills in the time from the completion of the Bible to present with all available data that we have at our fingertips concerning things that have unfolded throughout the entire history of the world. There has never been a time as wicked, as evil, as just um, uh, contrary to all righteousness, as tremendously opposed to the commandments of God found in the scriptures as we find at this time and over the last couple of decades. Evil has multiplied, sin has abounded, and the whole testimony of all previous history, biblical and secular, attest to that fact. And moreover, we do not find anywhere in any sort of historical record, biblical or secular, events that are presently happening in nation after nation after nation in the world today regarding the acceptance and promotion and just the complete pushing even of the marriage between male and male or female and female, the homosexual marriage, gay marriage that is spread across the earth in just the last few years. This is something that God in his word has condemned. He speaks of homosexuality as a sin. There is no recognition of homosexual marriage in any way whatsoever in the Bible, nor has there been recognition or acceptance of homosexual marriage in any civilization in all recorded history. Yes, you could find homosexual behavior, activity in Sodom and Gomorrah and in isolated cities here and there or amongst individuals throughout all history, but never to this degree. And therefore, we know this is the time that Romans 1 was referring to when God says he will give them up to such behavior, to such conduct, and it is a judgment of God. And, and so, um, you know, the, the child of God is actually encouraged. No, we're, we're not encouraged by the sinful activity of the abounding iniquity in the world or the sinful activity of homosexuality, we're encouraged by the fact that God is fulfilling his word right before our eyes. We're encouraged and comforted that we have understood the biblical timeline of history correctly, that we've understood other indicators uh, such as Israel becoming a nation again in 1948 as signaling the end of the world stage. And we've understood the end of the church age and, and the terrible apostasy that took place within the churches and congregations correctly. We're encouraged and comforted that, yes, we have 
already gone through the great tribulation and are presently living on the earth in the day of judgment that we've understood these things correctly because of all these indicators. We, we see the sign in the Bible and the sign is the scripture. That's the only acceptable sign that God permits. He doesn't permit looking up into the heaven, into the sky to see some writing in the clouds, but he does permit looking into the Bible, into the scripture itself. And there we read Romans 1. There we read 2 Timothy chapter 3 that describes a world that becomes lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And and we right away, immediately recognize our world, our present day. And we see the, the sign in Matthew 24 where it says in verse 12, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So we, we see both of those in evidence that all over the place, iniquity abounding, multiplying, increasing. There's not a, a an elect child of God who doesn't read that and immediately think, yes, right now, that's happening. I see it by God's grace. And also that the love of many is waxing cold. What is love as defined in the Bible? If you love me, Jesus said, keep my commandments. Are people keeping the commandments of God? No, more and more. Even the basic morality, those type of commandments that God wrote upon the hearts of men, such as marriage between a man and a woman, that's being lost. And and so mankind is actively doing whatever they can not to keep God's commandments, which is showing forth a coldness of heart, a coldness um, uh, that indicates no love towards Christ, towards God, because there's no obedience to the word of God. And that's also an evidence that um, there's just no parallel. There's no comparison to any previous time. Anyone who tries to argue, well, the world was like this a century ago or 500 years ago, they don't know what they're talking about. And they're not being honest in any way. It's more than obvious that now is the time that all these verses were written for and are describing God looked ahead as he moved these men, these prophets of old. He saw the condition of our present time and he had them describe it perfectly. If you read Romans 1 or what we read in 2 Timothy 3, it describes it perfectly. We we see the rebelliousness of mankind like never before. And that's the reason. That's why God hindered their building project at the Tower of Babel and went to such great lengths to divide people, to divide the human race by geographical movement of the land masses, 
as the continents shifted, and by language, by confounding their speech, because God did not want this unified version of mankind to progress. And yes, it would have been wonderful if they had washing machines in the days when Christ walked the earth and if they had video cameras. Of course, God didn't want that either because he says there's not to be an image made of God and Christ was God and God wanted a written record. He didn't want audio recordings. He didn't want video recordings of the things that Christ did, the miracles. He didn't want to show people visual aids to help them see all the the mighty things that Christ did, the walking on water and turning water to wine and giving sight to the blind, ears to the deaf, legs to the lame, life to the dead. God didn't want to do that because his whole program of salvation is by faith. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so, you know, the idea that some in our modern Christian world have that uh, we, we should make movies and, and do films and, and show people God is completely contrary to the Bible. God doesn't want to show himself. Verily, he's a God that hides himself. God doesn't want to show wicked man his mighty power and his ability to part seas. He doesn't want to show mankind that he can cause walls of Jericho to tumble all at once. He doesn't want to provide visual aids or illustrations of 185,000 Assyrians all dead men as they wake up in the morning. The Lord doesn't want the world of our time to see these things. That's why he arranged things the way he did, where in days of low population, God recorded all these things, had them written down, and in a time of great population, when the vast majority of human beings that will ever live, walk upon the earth, and in the time when the vast majority of God's elect are among them, then God gets the glory through his word, the Bible, as he brings that still small voice, that written record of his power, and it's all by faith. It's all by trusting in God, and of course man does not do that naturally, Man wants to see a sign. He wants to see the lightning bolt. He wants to see God prove himself and show his power. Then he'll believe, as they said to Jesus, come down from the cross and and then we'll believe you. But no, that is not the way of God. God, again, is humble. And God has provided not a video documentary of the life of Christ. He has not provided the word of God uh, in an audio recording as, as he spoke throughout history, but just simply written words, written language, the language that can be traced back to the Tower of Babel, 
to the confusion of the tongues that made it necessary for man to start writing things down. And that was one aspect of God's purpose. But more than that, to hold man back from those achievements and those advancements and those inventions, certainly to keep them at bay all the while the Bible was being recorded, but also as man is kept back from advancing in communication and transportation, as really advancements tend to speed everything up. So you can fly a plane and and get somewhere in a few hours that previously would take maybe a four, five, six-month sea voyage, or as now you can speak in a microphone over the internet or over the radio and reach just just incredible numbers of people that are all over the earth, well, that, that speeds up. You don't have to write letters. You, you don't have to do all these things that people had to do in time past. God did not want everything sped up at that time, but he very carefully had the world develop at a slow and steady pace as he brought his word. And also, when man is held back from improvements of communication and improvements of of travel, it also holds man back from sin. As it says here in Genesis 11, verse 6, And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Now, the word is different, but it reminds us right away of Genesis 6, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. See, when the world has progressed with the electronic medium, and now we have internet, and we have uh, television and and radio and all these things available to us. What else has progressed along with it? Sin and iniquity, transgressing the law of God. Now, an individual who is in rebellion against God can broadcast that rebellion, or a group of wicked people can come up with a wicked idea. They can develop a, a, a show or a movie, and they can sell it, and it, it goes all over the earth. The evil ideas of men previously in past generations were held largely in check due to the inability of people to widely disperse them, to widely share these evil thoughts. Just think, if you were a very wicked man, like Nabal, as the Bible speaks of him, and you were a very evil person living in a village, and there was 500 people in the village, you could impact the 500 people. You could also write letters maybe to a local paper, and maybe a few thousand more saw them. But that was basically the limitation of your reach to spread the evil thoughts that you had and your evil ideas. 
Well, not so today. Not so today. Now your evil can go around the earth. Your your evil in doctrine, in religious things. Your evil regarding your thoughts about abortion. Your thoughts about gay marriage. Your thoughts about adultery. Your thoughts about Sunday the Sabbath. You you can spread your evil far and wide and contaminate. That that's really what evil does. As man is open, he's prone to evil. He's just like a receptor waiting to receive some evil intention, some evil thought to give him direction for his evil heart. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.